Well, hey church, thank you so much for, for joining us today. God is good, isn't he? I hope you found yourself in this past week just, just pausing and taking in those moments where you recognise just how blessed you are, whether it was the, the beauty of the snow on the ground or a moment of peace with a brew or an encouraging message from a friend, whatever it was. I just hope you were able to pause in those moments and just thank God. I had a few messages from people this week saying they were going to get themselves a gratitude jar. I love that. So let's just continue. I encourage you, let's continue to, to be intentional about reflecting on God's goodness in, in both the big things and the small things. And so today we are, we are finishing off our January series called Out. We've looked, haven't we? We've looked at Joseph and Mary being being called out of, of Egypt when, jo- when Jesus was just a child and called into the place where Jesus would begin his, his ministry and his incredible work of redemption. And then we looked at, at Abraham and how he had, he had faith for the middle, called out of his father's household and, and onto this journey of, of kind of uncertainty, but towards the, the promise of, of God's blessing and of, of his promise in his life. And, and then last week we looked at the exodus of the Israelites who, because of their, their complaining heart, because of their, their complaining spirit, they actually missed out on, on stepping into the, the fullness of what God was calling them into. <clears throat> you know, I believe that, that when God calls us out, it's to call us into something greater. And as we journey with him in faith, we will see incredible things happen in Jesus' name. And so today, as we we close and round off this series, we're going to look at one of my favourite characters from the Bible, Peter. I don't know about you, but I think Peter is just an incredible man of faith. He did some amazing things. You know, he healed a bunch of people. He escaped from, from prison miraculously, not once but twice. He even brought someone back to life. But the thing about Peter, and, and if I'm honest, it's the, it's the thing that I love the most about him, is that he was this sort of leap before you look kind of guy. You know, to say that he was enthusiastic and impulsive would be an understatement. But today I want to look at just a specific moment of Peter's journey, one, one that many of us will know quite well. And it's that night or, or early in the morning when he stepped out of a boat and began to walk on water. But before we get there, I just want to jump right back to, to where Jesus first called Peter out. When he first called him out of where he was and into something Greater. It's found in, in Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 18. It says this, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. This is him in this moment calling them out of everything that they've known, of where they are, of their comfort and security. Follow me 
and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately. I love that. No hesitation. Follow me immediately. They left their nets and followed him. Right from the beginning of, of his journey we, with Jesus, we see Peter stepping out in faith. Jesus calls Peter out of his, his career, a little something that I know about, and, and out of his security and out of everything that he's ever known. And he says, follow me. You know, there seems to be a pattern, doesn't there, throughout this series that as we're looking at these different uh, Bible characters and stories of, of people being called out by God, very little, if any, information was being given. No detail, no step-by-step plan, just a call to go, to follow, to step out. And so when Jesus puts the call out to Peter, he answers no questions, no, no, let's just sit down for a minute and, and figure out what this is going to look like. Jesus says, follow me, and immediately he drops everything and answers the call. Wow, it's so encouraging. And then before we get to, to the main text for today, let's just quickly look at uh, another uh, interaction between Jesus and Peter from later on on his journey. So the disciples have spent They spent three years under Jesus' leadership and teaching. And over those years, they've they've begun to finally recognize Jesus as the Christ, as Messiah. And then he goes to the cross and and he dies and, and he's buried. Now he had told the disciples what was going to happen. He, he, he had prepared them for, for this event, so it shouldn't have been a surprise to them. But after Jesus died, it kind of left them in this place of, of uncertainty. And what do we do when we feel like that? Well, we return to a place of, of comfort, of security. We fall into old patterns and old habits. So even though he'd, he'd warned them of what was coming, Jesus did something that, that to them felt unexpected and they were left feeling, feeling confused and, and worried and unsure of what it is they should do next. And so what do they do? Well, Peter looks at the others and he says, I'm going fishing. And off they go. Remember, only three years before Jesus had come to them while they were, while they were fishing and said, leave it all, leave everything and follow me. And they did. No questions. But now they find themselves in, in a place of uncertainty where they're not sure about what they're supposed to do next. And so they drift back into their old life, back into this life of being a fisherman, into what felt comfortable and what felt easy for them. But we know that the grave didn't hold Jesus back and, and by this point in the story that I'm getting to he, he'd already resurrected and, and he strolls along the shore and he shouts out to these fishermen have you caught anything yet? No, they replied. Okay, well throw your net on the other side. They've not recognised that, that this is Jesus calling out to them in this moment but they take their nets out anyway and throw them down on the other side and then in comes this 
this hole of fish that is too large for them to lift into the boat. They didn't recognize that it was Jesus calling to, to them from the shore, but then this miracle happens, this, this moment happens, and then, and then their response is that, that Lazarus says to Peter, it's the Lord. And so Peter does just what he does best. He forgets everything and he dives straight into the water to get to Jesus as fast as he possibly can, leaving the others to deal with this huge haul of fish. He just wants to get to Jesus as quickly as possible. And then there's this, this beautiful moment, this interaction between Jesus and Peter over breakfast where, where Jesus encourages Peter even through his, his failures, and he once again empowers him with the call that has been placed on his life. Yes, you denied me three times. Yes, you, you made a mistake, but I still love you. I still see potential in you. And then Jesus speaks those words once again. Follow me. Follow me. You know, there's such an encouragement in this, in this passage. I'd encourage you to just go and read it and spend some time there in John chapter 21. Just, you know, because we all mess up, don't we? We all stumble and, and fail. We, we know what we should do, but we don't always do it. We know the right decisions to make, and yet sometimes we choose the wrong ones. But in this moment between Jesus and Peter... There's this encouragement to, to let him know, to let us know that, that no matter how many times we fail, no matter how big our mistakes, Jesus still sees us. He still loves us. His plans for us haven't changed. So hear his call. And he's calling it again, follow me. Follow me. I could get lost in this moment alone, it's so beautiful, but I, I just wanted to start by painting this picture of, of when Jesus first placed this call on Peter's life, when he, when he first calls him out and into uh, the fullness of what God's got planned for him. And then to this, this moment near the end of, of Jesus's life on earth as well, just to, to show those parallels. Because I believe it, it's an encouragement to, to persevere to not give up, to, to, to not lose faith, to, to know how deep God's love for you really is. So let's turn to the, the main event, if you will, in Matthew chapter 14. And, and as we pick up this, this passage, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 uh, with a boy's packed lunch and, and he sends the disciples off to the other side of the lake while he just goes to spend some time alone with his heavenly father. And it says this, starting at verse 22. Immediately he, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other, other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. 
And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, and, and this is where I love Peter. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. If it's you, command me to step out and to walk on the water. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But then when he saw the, the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I love this passage because it once again shows Peter in, in all his glory, just like when he jumped out of the boat leaving his friends behind to get to Jesus as quickly as possible. Here, as Jesus approaches the disciples on the water in the, in the raging storm, Peter blurts out, if it's really you, tell me to come. You know, we often focus when looking at this passage on Peter walking on the water or Peter beginning to, to sink. But what about this statement in that moment in the safety of the boat as he, as he puts those words out to Jesus? You see, even with those words, there is so much faith. If it's you, tell me to come. There must have been so much faith to even speak those words out, believing that Jesus could empower him to walk on the water. And Jesus calls his bluff. And he calls Peter out once again to, to step out of the, the safety and the comfort of the, of the boat and to come out to Jesus where it's scary, where the, the waves are crashing, where the storm is wild. He calls Peter out. You know, it's one thing to, to speak out in boldness, which in itself takes great courage once you've once you've spoken something out, particularly in, in front of other people, they can then hold you to account. And so Peter's spoken these words out. He's declared with his words that he has the faith to believe Jesus could do this. And so now Jesus is saying, well, put your words into action. Who knows that the, the first step is the hardest. The first step is the hardest. You know, we took, the, we took our boys to Clip and Climb last year for Caleb's birthday. And it's a, it's a warehouse full with all kinds of, uh, of climbing walls and obstacles. And you arrive and they put this very fetching harness on you and they give you a, a safety briefing and then they send you off and let you loose on all the equipment. And so you're standing at the bottom of your chosen wall that you're going to climb and they attach your harness to this uh, automatic belay system and then off you go you can climb the wall and so the climb itself takes uh, some courage it's a challenge but you know when you get to the top and you've had that moment of yes I made it I defeated the wall you then have that moment of realization that what goes up must come down and so while you went up you were trusting in your own strength and ability but now as you come down you need to put your trust 
100% in this rope and the harness and the equipment, believing that it will not drop you down plummeting into a broken heap on the floor, but you can believe in the safety briefing and the promise that it will lower you safely to the ground. I'm not going to lie, with all the bravado of, of having climbed a wall, I had to take a moment at the top just to check myself and say, it's okay, you can let go, it's safe. Because I knew in my, in my head that it would be safe, they wouldn't let us onto the equipment if it wasn't safe, but I had to pass this message from my head to my heart, there's no need to fear, just let go. I'm telling you, the first step is the hardest. And it's the same with other things as well, isn't it? I've got a friend who's just left his job to start his own business. He left the, the security and the, of a salary of full-time employment to, to follow a dream and a vision that God has placed on his heart. But, but that first step, handing in your notice, it takes courage, it takes faith. What about relationships? Asking someone out for the first time, that takes courage. The first step is the hardest. Peter had declared something with his mouth, but now Jesus wanted him to take a step to, to put his faith and his words into action. What's the phrase? To, to let go and let God. He no doubt had to go through that moment in the boat because he knew in his head that Jesus wouldn't call him out onto the waves if it wasn't safe, if he was going to let him drown. But he then had to let that message go from his head to his heart. Okay. And then he steps out. You know, I love the parallels here of, of Peter first being called by Jesus out of a boat and into his destiny into the purpose that God has for his life, not to be a fisher man, but to be a fisher of men. And now, once again, Peter is being called out of the boat, but this time to, to build faith, this time as a teaching moment for, for him, but also to show us that, that this isn't a one-time thing, but we need to be continually reminded of God's faithfulness, reminded of his, of his goodness, reminded of uh, uh, that he is with us and he is for us. And so he steps out of the boat and he begins to walk on water. Wow. You know, what a feeling that, that must have been. You can't imagine it, can you? This, this was going to change him forever. He was going to have this story that he could tell his, his grandkids, when I was your age, I wasn't doing this. I was walking on the water with Jesus. And so in verse 29, Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water to come to Jesus. But when he saw the, the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And what we see here is that Peter was being blinded by natural sight blinded by natural sight. You see, as he looked at his, his surroundings and as he took his eyes and his gaze off Jesus, he began to notice the waves and he began to feel the force of, of the wind and his natural sight took over and caused him to forget that literally just a moment ago he was doing it. He was walking on the water perfectly safely. But now, 
consumed with with the circumstance that he found himself in and, and, and everything that he was surrounded by, he begins to sink. You know, it can be far too easy for us to to take our eyes off Jesus and put, the, put our sight onto our surroundings and our, and our circumstance. Even when we've, when we've literally just been through an example of, of just how good God is, of how faithful he is. When we only look at, at what is around us, we don't see things the way that God sees them. We become blinded by our natural sight. When Peter looked at his his surroundings, his faith faltered and, and he began to sink. Don't let your doubt displace your faith. What, so what about you? Is, is, there, is there a situation that you find yourself in right now where, where perhaps fear and, and doubt are causing you to, to lose sight of Jesus and to, to shift onto your surroundings and, and your circumstances? where the waves are too high and the, and the storms of life are just too distracting and you're beginning to sink. You know, we get scared by our surroundings when we, when we turn from Jesus, the source of our power and of our peace. But here's the encouragement. He's not left you. He hadn't left Peter. He was always there. And so what we see in this, in this moment, because it, it all happens quite quickly, doesn't it? As he steps out of the boat, he, he takes that step of faith. He takes that, that first step onto the water and then he's doing it. He's, he's out there. He's walking on the water towards Jesus and then fear hits and he begins to sink and, and he was just blinded by his circumstances and, and everything that was going on around him. And then immediately... Because of everything he's been through with Jesus, because of his training, because of his, his teaching, because of the, the trust that they had built up, because of the promises that Jesus had spoken into Peter's life, even when he said, come to me, he knew that he would be safe with Jesus. And so as he begins to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and took hold of him. No delay, no, no pause for dramatic effect, a cry for help and an immediate answer. I want to encourage you today, if, if you find yourself being blinded by your natural sight, if you find that, that doubt and fear are creeping in, don't hesitate. Cry out to Jesus and I promise he will answer immediately. You know, Peter wasn't perfect and and we aren't perfect either god isn't expecting us to be perfect but he promises to always be there for us no matter how many times we mess up whenever we need him all we need to do is ask if we've let our eyes drift off his focus all we need to do is turn back to jesus you know the truth is we don't always see things the way he does do we Things in the natural don't look possible, but in the, in the supernatural, with Jesus, all things are possible. Don't be blinded by natural sight. You know, we're in the world, not of it. We are supernatural beings, and so we should be, as we focus on Jesus, seeing things in the supernatural, 
seeing impossibilities as being possible when Jesus is on our side. And so Jesus reaches out his hand and brings Peter up and they walk back to the boat together. It's interesting, isn't it, that Peter started in the boat and and he wanted to be out on the water with Jesus, so he left the boat behind, this this symbol of safety, of comfort, of, of provision, because he made his living from being a fisherman. He left all of that behind again to step into, to answer the call of Jesus into something greater. Well, I can only imagine that after having walked on on water, as scary as it may have been, and even in that moment where he was sinking for a moment, that actually being back in the boat just wasn't quite the same anymore. I mean, he would have loved being in a boat. It's what he spent his life doing. But after the spiritual high of walking on water, of, of fully relying on God and literally walking in faith, well, why do we need a boat? Let's just walk back to shore on the water. But, Peter, uh, but Jesus leads Peter back to the boat. And I believe he does that intentionally to give him a fresh perspective. You see, what was once Peter's source of, of safety, of, of comfort, of provision, was now just a boat. It's just a boat. I don't need a boat anymore. I can walk on water. You know, I imagine that that moment would have changed Peter so much by this experience of being with Jesus walking on the water that he'd never look at a boat in the same way again. He'd never look at a storm in the same way again. You know, yes, we can be thankful for whatever our boat is, whatever it is that gives us comfort and safety and and provision, as long as we don't become reliant on it. Because there is only one source that we can rely on. There is only one person in whom we can trust to sustain us through the waves and the storms of life. And that is Jesus Christ. And look at this. When Peter was was back in the boat and, and then in that moment all the disciples fixed their eyes on Jesus once again and they declared, truly you are the Son of God. You know, this part of Peter's journey, it's not the whole thing, it's just a single page in the the book of his life. But this part of the journey, in in taking that step of faith, of putting his, his words into action, and even through his failings as he began to sink, and then calling out to God for help, they have all helped to bring him a greater revelation of who Jesus is. Truly, you are the Son of God. No doubts, no questions, just faith. Perhaps you need to take a moment right now and, I don't know, maybe you've allowed yourself to become blinded by your natural sight and that's causing you to to stall or to stumble and, and maybe it's knocking your faith a bit because of whatever it is, the circumstances that you find yourself in. Well, I want to encourage you today To not look through your natural eyes, but through supernatural eyes. To fix your your gaze on Jesus and to allow him to be the source of your power and the source of your peace and the source of your provision. You know, if if you find yourself sinking, don't be afraid 
to cry out to him and to ask him for help because he loves to help his children. What loving father would allow his child to drown? And as you walk on the water with Jesus, when you, when you find yourselves in the moments where you're, you're taking those steps of faith and each step is being sustained by God's goodness and his grace and his provision, rejoice in those moments. Count your blessings. Don't forget this moment when the next wave crashes, when the next storm flares up. Allow those moments of of success in your walk of faith, in your journey with Christ, not to, to fill you with pride because it's nothing that you've done, but to give you a fresh perspective to recognize that if God is for you, then nothing and no one can be against you. Let those moments, let them sink into your spirit and let them remind you that he loves you that he's for you, and that he is with you through every storm and through every trial. Why don't we pray? And so, Father God, we thank you that you call us out and into something greater. We thank you for the the plans and the purposes that you have called us to this earth to be, so that we can uh, bring your kingdom here to earth in our community in our town in our in our circle of friends and family and we thank you lord god that you are our source of peace of protection of provision that we need not to look to whatever boat we might be leaning on but we can just look to you i pray that in those moments where we we find ourselves being distracted by our circumstances and we begin to to sink that we will just look back to you that we will cry out to to you for help and know that immediately you will answer that you will take care of us that you will hold us that you have never left us and you will never leave us or forsake us and father god may we recognize each and every moment where we take those steps of faith and you sustain us you hold us up you allow this this miracle of life to continue that we will allow those moments to penetrate our spirit and to to sustain us in those moments where life becomes difficult that we can remember that just last year or last month or yesterday or even earlier today you sustained us so why not now in this moment where we're struggling. So Father God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we are children of a loving God, of a loving Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.